Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Hey, Real Life Church. Hey, we're so excited what God is doing today. You picked a great day to come to Real Life Church. Man, it's excited for each and every one of you that are here. Man, I'm so proud of what God is doing. Are you guys excited to hear God's word, just to get into what God is doing today? Hey, before we jump in, I just want to encourage you, we're jumping into our summer life groups. So they start the 1st of June, and today is a very special day in the life of our church. Uh, we're doing a thing called Group Link. So just outside the worship center, right after the gathering, uh, you have a chance to connect with our summer group leaders. I just want to encourage you that our culture is carried through conversations. Uh, we believe something happens, something divine happens. We just get your knees under somebody else's table. Uh, really, it's relationships or the glue that really makes this church special. And so this is the best part of real life is our life groups. And so I encourage you to, to jump in, get signed up, meet some new people. Uh, you're really going to meet six times this summer. So I know you're freaking out because your schedules, but I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be a great time. You're going to be blessed to be a part of it. We believe it's best to do life together. So jump in. Summer Life Groups are launching. Check it online. Also at reallifechurchkc.com. Hey, today we're jumping into the fourth part of our message series, Different. Uh, what we're doing is we're studying the highlights of 1 Peter. And so if you have not been here, you may have missed a couple messages. Uh, I just want to encourage you what God's doing through 1 Peter. And really the major theme is that God is calling us out of this world. This world is not our home. We're not from here. We're called to a higher standard. We're called to be set apart. We're called to be holy. And so God is pulling us out of the world saying, hey, you have a king that's not from this earth. And we're going to live differently in this time. And so today I might well uh, bring the most encouraging message that you never wanted to hear. So what that means is there's some good news and then there's some bad news. And if you've ever had one of those conversations, those phone calls, uh, a couple years back I got a phone call from my CPA. He said, hey, good news, your taxes are done. Bad news is you owe $18,000. So there's good news and bad news, but uh, I, I promise you this is going to be the most encouraging message you didn't want to hear. I just know that for a fact. And so uh, if you're new and you've missed uh, some of the series, I'll just give you some context to 1 Peter. 1 Peter is written between 60 and 65 AD. Uh, 1 Peter is writing to Gentile Christians. Uh, they're suffering in one of the most horrific times in the history of Christianity. They're under an emperor named Nero. He's a very evil, evil man. This guy actually even uh, killed his own mom. That's kind of crazy. He killed your mama. Not a good thing. Killed his first wife, Octavia. Killed his second wife. Uh, he was so hungry to build things that he actually burned down his own city, Rome, just so he could rebuild Rome. And in the midst of doing that, he blamed all the Christians. And so they were persecuted even more. And it's a time of extreme persecution in their life. And so I just want to dive in a little bit into... Um, into really what First Peter is all about, and uh, just start with the words of Jesus. It's found in John 15, 18 through 20. It says this, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If they persecute me, they will also persecute you. Hey, simply stated, if we live just like the world, life's going to be pretty easy. The world's not going to persecute you. But because we're set apart, because we're holy, because we're different, because we live for a heavenly king, hey, take comfort that just like Jesus, we're going to be persecuted. And so today, um, I just want to talk about some of the persecution that goes on in the world around us. 
um, it's just absolutely crazy to get our minds around really uh, what's going on. There's articles been written that would say in the last 10 years of Christianity have been some of the hardest years in history for Christians. And so here's some stats. There's just staggering. And so in every given month of 30 days, there's over 300 Christians that are killed for their faith. In every 30 days, there's over 200 church structures, 200 church buildings that are being burned or destroyed because they follow Jesus. In an average 30-day period, there's over 800 Christians that are murdered, raped, or imprisoned just for following Jesus and having their faith in Him. And so it's persecution today. Uh, it, it looks different in different places. So if you go into the Middle East and you become a Jesus follower, you're very likely going to lose your family, uh, you're going to lose your friends, you're going to be ostracized. Uh, you might even be killed for your faith. If you go into some other Muslim countries, maybe in Indonesia, uh, you may find uh, that you're, you'll lose your friendships. Uh, you may find that you'll lose your job. Uh, you may find be, you'll be arrested or you go into prison. Uh, maybe here in the United States, if you, you become a Jesus follower, uh, you, you may not be invited to the party. Uh, you may not be a part of the cool kids. And now everything that happens because you follow Jesus and you suffer for that is all persecution. It comes all shapes and sizes. And so today I just want to dive into a different perspective and persecution. Like I said, this may be the most encouraging message you didn't ever want to hear. And so I hope you're ready to jump in as we dive into 1 Peter. You guys ready to jump in? You can, you can cheer. I know I'm on a video. You can do it. You can do it. I can. Jody, where are you at? I know Jared's out there cheering somewhere. So anyway, we're jumping into 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. It says this, Dear friends, do not be surprised. Do not be alarmed. Do not be shocked at the fiery trials you're going to go through as if some strange thing is happening to you. Hey, don't be shocked when the world ridicules you. Don't be shocked when these things are happening around you. Matter of fact, you should be prepared for these. When you follow Christ, don't be shocked. When I was in college, uh, I played soccer, which uh, I played for a Christian school, so that doesn't uh, really say I was amazing or not. So uh, there's a broad level of talents on our soccer team. And so during this uh, time on the team, we had guys that would flip water bottles on the bench. You know, there was that guy. And then we also had other guys that were D1 level players that had full ride scholarships to D1 schools for soccer. And they went into ministry and said, hey, I'm gonna go to this, this small Bible college. And uh, ultimately just were f just pretty much phenoms on the field. And so one of those guys was my roommate named Kyle. And Kyle was a phenomenal player. Uh, when he came off the bench, uh, everybody knew it. Everybody on their team would, would double team him, they would trip him, they would jab him, you know, pull his shirt. Uh, but they really knew how to get in their skin because they would start rubbing their mouth. Uh, if you ever played soccer, there's trying to get in your head just like any sport. And uh, they knew it was a good tactic because Kyle was notorious for getting red cards. And so he'd play a game and then get a red card and then have to sit out a game just like it happens to get a red card and play a game and then red carded off a game. So literally Kyle played half the season. And uh, the crazy thing about him is that he actually set the record in the league for the most goals in the history of the league, only playing half the season. Matter of fact, he actually didn't have a meniscus in one of his knees uh, from an injury. And so this guy was absolutely phenomenal. He was fun to watch. Uh, but here's my point of the story. The point is this, is that when you're, when you're, the enemy knows who to guard. The enemy knows who to cover. Uh, the other team, the opponent knows who is in threat of scoring. And so just like in that soccer game, in our Christian life, I just want to encourage you and challenge you. Are you a threat to, to, to Satan's kingdom? Are you a threat to taking ground for Jesus? You know, many of us, we can go to church and we can wear the Jesus shirt, but we can sit in the bench. 
And I want to encourage you that God's calling us off the bench and that we can feel some persecution because we're doing something for Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to, to pray big prayers. Pray prayers of healing. Pray for to take ground. Pray for our community to be changed. Pray for your family. Live it out. Be bold. Stand up for Jesus when nobody else is stand up. Take those steps of faith and live it out for Jesus. You know, the enemy takes no notice of us when we're not sharing our faith, when we don't invite people to church. Uh, we're really not just living out for Jesus. The enemy is not going to care. But I promise you, the moment you step into the game, the moment you take that step and you say, hey, I'm going to be bold for Jesus, I'm willing to live it for him, live it out to him, is that the enemy is going to take notice of you and you're going to feel persecution in your life. Like I said, this may be the most encouraging message you'd never want to hear, but I believe that there is a biblical principle of persecution and that God's calling us to be bold today. You know, when you take ground for the devil, just expect opposition. We believe Christianity is not a playground, but a battleground where we're fighting a real enemy of spiritual powers and darkness. And I promise you, it's more spiritual than we really think. It's, real, it's more spiritual than we even really consider. And so how we live, when we start living for Jesus, expect opposition. When you start passionately pursuing him, you start following the word of God, you start leading your family, you start saying no to the culture, expect some rifts, expect ridicule, expect people to criticize you. When you're on the front lines, expect the enemy to strike. And this is why Peter says this, don't be surprised by the fiery trials you're facing. You know, most likely when Peter said this into his culture, it wasn't metaphorical, it was literal. See, Nero, the evil emperor, he would take Christians and dip them in wax and he would tie them to trees and light the trees on fire and watch these Christians burn alive. That's how he'd celebrate as parties for entertainment. And so this man was very evil, but to them at that time, he said, hey, don't be surprised when you face fiery trials, just like some in your family may have been killed by this evil dictator, this evil leader. Don't be surprised because this is what happened to Jesus. You know, I can only imagine if Peter were writing this message today, how to adapt it to our culture. Maybe in the Middle East that you would be surprised if you lost loved ones coming to faith. Maybe if you're a young girl in college, don't be surprised if you don't get invited to the second date because of your stance on purity. Hey, maybe if you go to Thanksgiving, you're a Christian, maybe you go to church and don't be surprised if your family says, hey, I don't get why you're doing this whole Sunday thing. We can't get our meals together because you're always going to church on Sunday. And you have this kind of Christian culture that runs in a rift to the world. Don't be surprised when you face that kind of persecution. You know, Peter says this in 1 Peter uh, 4, 12 and 13 says, instead be very glad for these trials make you partners in Christ's suffering. Be glad. Isn't that crazy that in the midst of persecution and the hard things in life, when things aren't going well, when the world says no and they oppose you, that we're to be thankful that we're partners with Christ. It goes on this. It says that you'll have a wonderful joy of seeing his glory which revealed to you. Hey, I just want to pack this. Like, what does it look in our life? For some of us, you listened to this last four weeks and you thought, hey, man, this is speaking to me. Like, I've had some persecution. There's things in my life I'm doing for Jesus and I, I'm... I'm really coming up some obstacles. There's some things in my life that I know that Satan's in. There's some things that are pushing against me. But for some of us, we're like, I don't know that this week's going to speak to me. I've been kind of pushing through these last few weeks. And, man, God's going to do something. And it just hasn't been clicking. And I also want maybe challenge a little bit that if we don't feel persecution, it may be because we're buying really the lie that the world has told us is that we live for comfort. That it's just about making it easy. Just about doing the things that really just settles in and it just pursues the things of the world. And so for many of us, I'm convinced that in American Christianity, especially in our part of the country, it's so easy just to fake it so you make it. 
so easy to say I love Jesus, but really do nothing like Jesus. And I promise you, I'd really have a nice, comfortable conversation than a confrontational conversation. For me personally, I would rather have an awesome day than a, than a day full of pain. I'd rather have a great time than having to say, hey, I love Jesus and my friends don't like me. Yes, I'd rather be at the party. I'd rather be in the in crowd. I'd rather belong. I'd rather fit in. I'd rather do those things. But God has a different plan for us. So how does this really play out in our lives? Uh, maybe we're so focused on being comfortable that when we go to the party, all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're offered things you shouldn't do. There's, there's things you in front of you, there's something pushed at you and you're like, Hey, I just want to fit in. Uh, we're not willing to be uncomfortable. And so we're just going to fit in to the crowd. You know, maybe uh, you're at work, you're sitting in the office and you know, they tell the office jokes or the construction jokes and you're laughing. Maybe it's a racist joke or a super sexist joke and we're laughing our heads off, but deep down inside, Hey, you know, it's wrong. You know, it's wrong. But you're just not going to stand up and say, hey, guys, this isn't, this isn't right. We shouldn't do it because you're worried about being treated differently and having confrontation because it's just too uncomfortable. You know, in American Christianity, sometimes it's about comfort. It's about ease. It's about pleasure. And so many times we sell ourselves short of the things that God, want for, God, the things that God wants for us. And so I want you to check out a couple slides. This is a cycles of uh, how we deal with persecution. And so there's two different cycles I want to show you today. And this first cycle is what the culture says. says. And so the first thing is this, is that we pursue comfort. It's all about what's easy, what's what's convenient. It's it's what everybody tolerates. It's it's I don't want I don't want to upset anybody, so I'm just gonna make it easy for my life. I want the happiness, so I'm just gonna make myself feel good. And then it moves on to avoiding opposition. Because we want comfort, we're not gonna have any opposition in our life. So as soon as somebody disagrees with us, we don't have any passion. We don't because we want comfort, we don't have any other stances in life. And this cycle moves on, our faith weakens and begin to kind of back away from Jesus. We begin to, to, to stop going to church as much, to stop really pursuing God, really not that passionate about what God wants us and where God wants us. And we find ourselves really feeling empty. We find ourselves far from Christ. We find ourselves just kind of going, how did I get here? I don't really feel like God is real. I don't really feel him in my life at all. And this cycle begins to repeat itself over and over that we avoid opposition, our faith weakens, and that we feel empty, and then we pursue comfort again, and maybe there's a relationship we wanna fill our life with, or a, a job, or a career, or money, or some other thing, or a place, that we say, hey, this is gonna make the difference, this is gonna make me happy, this is gonna bring me where God wants me. I wanna encourage you, there is a second cycle that we can go through, but I wanna warn you, this cycle is different, it's difficult. There's a cycle that we have to sell out and say, I'm a sojourner, I'm a pilgrim, I'm on a journey through this world, this isn't my home, I'm just passing through, this is a temporary place because I serve a heavenly king that's not from this world and I'm going to that place. There's different standards, we love people who hate us, we serve people that, that ridicule us, that we're willing to put up with other people's opposition because we're following the king of kings and lord of lords. So I'll check out the second cycle, it looks like this. It looks that we live boldly, that we take a stand for Jesus, that we just speak up and we do what's right no matter the cost. Because of that, we're going to face opposition. We're going to have people that disagree with us. There's going to be people who make fun of us or people who ridicule us. We're, going to, we're not going to be always the most popular thing. Matter of fact, it's probably the opposite. You're probably the least popular thing. And so we face opposition because of that our faith begins to grow. All of a sudden, we, we're, we're seeing Jesus move around us. We're, we're making impact because we're salt and light in the world. And then it moves in and we're closer to Christ. All of a sudden we feel like we're making a major difference, that we're taking a stand and that we're right in tune with the Holy Spirit. We have a holy discontent. All of a sudden we're comfortably 
uncomfortable and we're following Jesus. And this cycle begins to repeat itself. And so also a simple question, which cycle do you feel like you're in? You know, maybe for some of you, you saw the first cycle and you thought, okay, that's, that, you got me. <laughs> that, that's my cycle. You know, I'm just trying to make it through. I'm just trying to be happy. I don't want to offend anybody. I see this so many times and pursue this cycle over and over and over again. And for some of us, we're like, hey, I want to be this cycle. I want to live boldly. I, I want to face some opposition. I don't really like the opposition, but I know it's just part of the cost of following Jesus. And I want my faith to be strong. I'll be closer to Christ. I just want you to look in your heart and ask, man, which cycle am I really facing today? Which one best represent your last week of your life? Which one would you say, hey, this last month I was in this cycle? Uh, if you haven't faced opposition, uh, you're probably in the first cycle. Uh, if you're facing opposition, you're, you're living out that bold faith, and that's what I encourage you to keep doing today. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter 4.19. He says to be bold. He says, so if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. Keep on doing what's right. If you're suffering in a manner that follows Christ, this might be one of the best passages in 1 Peter. It's one of my favorite verses in 1 Peter. But it says this, that we keep on doing what is right. We keep doing what's right and trust your lives to God has created you. He will never fail you. I just want to give you a story of what this looks like in a practical way. When I was in high school, uh, I started going to church and became a Jesus follower. And uh, through the course of, of my high school career, I really uh, was challenged to really follow Jesus. And, and part of it, I was living for comfort and I was doing my thing. And by the time my senior year rolled around, I had been to a couple missions trips and God had really broken my heart. I remember going to a camp and uh, really hearing this man preach and he was from Kenya. And he said, if God sent his son here to tell the world about himself, why can't you go and tell someone else? In that one sentence, I remember just saying, hey, God, it's just all about you. I can't live for myself anymore. I've just kind of built my whole dreams on this cycle of comfort. I wanted to make a lot of money. I had uh, basically tested in uh, into, into Baylor, got a full-ride scholarship, and I thought that was God's will for my life. And as soon as I heard that sentence, I thought, hey, I'm just doing it for me. Like, this is just all about comfort. You know, fast forward is kind of crazy, side thought, but my wife was actually called to ministry, called to follow Jesus, surrender to Jesus in that exact same sentence. I didn't know that for maybe five, six years later, but God had worked it all together. And so practically speaking, I was called to ministry at this camp and I had already uh, you know, secured my spot on the water skiing team. I love water skiing, right? Uh, I was already tested in the calculus too. I had my ID card, been down to Baylor. I was ready to go. Uh, and then I was in this dilemma, right, where God was saying, hey, I want you to do something different. I want you to pursue me. I want you to know me. I want you to really equip yourself to be used by me to pursue people. And that's not what you're doing right now. And so I had this hard decision if I should uh, change my direction to go into a ministry school uh, to really get uh, some Bible knowledge and, and really pursue God. And so I was in this dilemma, and I remember just, just sitting there, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And uh, I made the decision, I'm going I'm to go and pursue what God wants. And in been making the decision, uh, there was a lot of pressure around that with my family. And so my aunt, um, you know, things have changed since this comment. You know, we're on the same page and we've moved forward past this. But I was in the middle of this decision. My aunt calls me up and says, hey, Sean, uh, I think you're making a terrible decision. I don't think you should go into ministry. It's a hard life. You'll never make it. Uh, you're really disappointing the family. Uh, you, you know, if uh, if you do this, I'm gonna take everything back that I gave you for your graduation, and uh, I'm gonna I want it back, and you shouldn't be doing this. And I remember, you know, in that moment, being extremely mad because somebody's really jumping in my life, saying, "Hey, you, you're telling me will of God." And so um, I took all the stuff in my room that she had given me, and I packed it up and I put it on my front porch, and I and I said, "Hey, take it." 
and she did. And uh, and and I'm not gonna tell the story when after that. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, but we're called to live for Jesus. We gotta do what's right no matter what. And so many times we face opposition. It's so easy to quit early. It's so easy not to follow through what God wants you to because you're going to lose something valuable. You're going to lose some some reputation. You're going to lose something in your family. And But God's going to honor that. God's going to use that. And so you're just called to follow him faithfully in your life. This is the principle. Do what's right and trust God with the results. You know, do what's right with your family. You know, follow God with your family. I know it's not the popular thing to do, but pray with your family. Lead your family. Bring them to church, man. Make it a part of your weekly routine. That's just what we do as a family. You know, at work, you know, don't cut the corners. You know, don't don't just make it easy. Don't take the path of least resistance. You know, choose virtue over expedience. Don't just do what gets you to the next level. Do the right things, and God will honor it. You know, in relationships, if you have to have a hard conversation, have the hard conversation. You know, for some of us, we need to take the moment and apologize and own it and say, "Hey, man, that was my fault, bro. I made a mistake." We need to have that kind of attitude. For some of us, we need to stand up and just say no. When things aren't going the right way, just say, this. I'm not a part of that, man. This is not for me. This, this doesn't honor God. I'm, I'm not going that direction. And it, no matter the cost, right? No matter what's going to cost. And, you know, I'm, I remember going and putting myself on the front porch, all that stuff. I just remember going, this is, well, you're trying to buy me out with stuff, you know? Like, this is such a small price to pay to follow Jesus. And ultimately, God honored that and God used that. And every step of my life, there's always been that tension to really pursue God uh, in a higher way. And it's always going to cost us something. You know, we're called to live differently. So we do it, do what's right no matter the results. I just want to put the slide up one more time. That we pursue comfort or do we live boldly? You know, what's what's that in your life? What's your stories look like? Like, what's, what's, the, what's the greatest moment of difficulty? Like, have you lived boldly for Jesus? Have we taken that step to say, I'm going to pursue God with everything in my heart? In life, I mean, I love what Peter says. He has such a pastoral heart, but he says in First Peter five, five through seven, he says this. He said, "God opposes the proud. God is opposition to proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. Humble yourselves, lower yourselves, serve other people under the mighty power of God, and at the right time He will lift you up in honor." You know, Peter reminds us of something so powerful. He mentions this in the first part of his writings in the beginning of first Peter about verse seven, he talks about something that's so awesome is that the prophets of old began to speak of things that would happen of, of Jesus's sufferings and the glory to come. And there's angels that were longing to look into this truth that's about to happen. And when Jesus died, it, it changed our relationship with God forever. And in that moment and that time when things changed, all of a sudden the Holy spirit of God can leave heaven and enter into the hearts of man that God is in us. And so I want to encourage you that when you follow Jesus and you're being bold, it's not your strength that carries you. It's not your your courage. It's not what you can do. It's not anything you can muster. It's not your own might. It's not your own strength. It's only by Jesus. It's only by the Holy Spirit's power that you can change your life. And so you're living bold. You're just letting God live through you. So don't expect to just man this out. Just let God work inside your life. It says this, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves in the mighty power of God at the right time he will lift you up. It says this, the next verse says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Man, this is amazing that you're going to suffer and you're going to go through hard times and we're going to get bad news, right? Good news and bad news. 
And Jesus says, hey, cast your cares, just like a fisherman would cast his net on the water, just cast your cares on God. You know, for some of us, we've had tragic news this last few weeks. We've had tragic diagnosis. We've had tragic battles with depression. For some of us in our church, we've been uh, battling uh, a domestic violence situation at home. We've, we've been struggling through different things. I just want to encourage you to take your suffering, take your pain, take the opposition, and just cast it on Jesus. Just cast it on God. God can take the weight of the things you're facing. Maybe there's a health concern. Maybe there's a kid that's just gone making un unwise decisions and you're at your wit's end. I just encourage you to take it and just cast it on God. Maybe a financial situation, just things are not coming together right now. There's opposition. It's bigger. It's more spiritual than you think. Just give it to God. He can take it. He's, he's willing to, to restore you. Check this out in verse uh, 11. It says, so after you have suffered a little while, this is kind of like his fifth ending, you know. Peter's like a good preacher. He has like five endings. And, uh, you know, and he, he asked for more time. He's like, hey, five minutes, kind of five minutes. Who can, Hey, who thinks I have five more, five more minutes to preach today? Anybody out there today? Raise your hand, five more minutes. All right, five, 10, 15, 20. That's right. I get, yes, I, I'm, I'm going to get 15 or 20 more minutes to preach right now. So anyway, but Peter, in his, his great pastoral moment, he says, hey, so you've suffered a little while. He'll restore you. He'll support you. He'll strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation and all power and glory to him forever. Hey, in your strength, in, in, in your moment of, of your best, and when you fail, Jesus will pick you up through your weakness, that Jesus will encourage you, that Jesus will restore you. I know some of you experienced terrible tragedy and loss, but Jesus will bring you back. Jesus will never fail you, never leave you, he'll never forsake you. I know that those that are hurting, that those that are depressed, that Jesus will lift you up into a place of honor when you follow and pursue him. I just want to encourage you that all praise and glory go to God today, that we live boldly for him because we're different. Hey, all across this room, if you guys can pray with me this morning, I just want uh, to pray for you and ask God just to put a blessing on your life. Father, we come before you. God, I pray that you empower us, God. Give us a bold faith to live for you. As we continue in prayer, for those of you that would say, I've just been way too comfortable. Um, let me just be honest with you, as a pastor, I've been convicted myself that, that I feel comfortable. There's things in my life that are just way too easy for me, that's just too much like the world. And through this message series that God's really been speaking to me to be more bold. Maybe those of you here today say so you're false to Jesus and you say, hey, bring it on. Whatever happens, I refuse just to sit on the bench. I refuse to wear the Jesus jersey, but not get in the game. I want to be in the game. I want to be on the front lines. I want to make a different difference for Jesus. I want to be it to his voice. I want to go the distance. I want to live differently. If that's you, you today, would you just raise your hands right where you're at and be out there today, just raise your hands and say, I'm going to be bold for Jesus. Let's let me pray for you this morning. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit. God, you'd stir us. God, you'd help us to stand up and be bold and be different. God, empower us with the right motives. God, no matter what the cost, we'd stand up and do the right thing. God, that the world around us would see us differently because we're willing to take some persecution. God, I pray for somebody who's hurting today. God, give them comfort. God, give them healing. God, give them your spirit, God, and your presence. God, that there's be anointing fall in this place. God, I pray that they'd be refreshed. God, they'd be renewed, that they'd cast their cares on you this morning. God, it's not our power, it's not our might, but it's only by your son, God. And so as we continue to pray, I just want to ask a few questions. Some of you might be here today and say, hey, life has been mostly about me. It's been about my comfort. It's been about my career, my path, my vision, my dream. It's been really far from God. I might even grew up in church. 
I went to church growing up and I kind of did the thing, but I really never made Jesus the Lord of my life. And uh, today I just want to take the eyes off myself. I want to follow Jesus with a full heart. I want to encourage you today that God loves you. God is drawing himself to you, that Jesus died in a place for your sin on the cross. And there's nothing you can do that would outshine God's love for you, that Jesus died to overcome the things in the world. And so today, if you say yes to Jesus, that you want to live differently, that you want to be bold for him, that you want to start a relationship and take your eyes off yourself, you say yes, that you believe Jesus died on a cross for your sin, you say yes, this world's not your home, you say yes to forgiveness, yes to putting your faith in Jesus. All around this room, if you say yes, I'm putting faith in Jesus, we just raise your hand to anybody looking around. Just raise your hand. Man, I just want to encourage you, if you raise your hand, just to pray this prayer after me that Jesus loves you. We say, Father, come into my heart, God. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. God, make me new. God, change me. God, I want to live for you. God, I want to pursue the things of the world. God, I want to pursue the things of you. God, help me to be bold. Thank you for being bold for me, God. You made a way to know you on the cross. God, I love you. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, real life, we just stand this morning. I just encourage you to get on your feet. Uh, what I want to do is I want to just uh, give this time back to Jesus. I just want to encourage you to, to open your heart to him, that, that we get to praise the name of God. It's not the small name of Jesus, but the, the big name of Jesus who died for us, that we can be refreshed today because it's not our power, it's not our will, it's not our strength, it's through the Holy Spirit that we're alive. And so we humble ourselves before God, that we just cast our cares on him during this next verse of this song, that we ask God to restore us, and we just worship big this morning. Hey, love your real life. Let's worship Jesus together. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.